Wisconsin. The Bucks have done it after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. To win it for the Packers. A dagger. The Bucks look like they cared about basketball as much this week as I do. They're just waiting for the Packers season to, to be over, and then they'll start trying. All right. I mean, kind of respectful of them, you know, to not give us two things. That game against the Cavaliers that they played on Wednesday night, like, they looked like they didn't want to be there either. Like, they looked like they were checking their fantasy football teams and everything at halftime. But they didn't have Giannis. It was 20-2 to two when I, I turned that. the game 20 on. 22 to 2 when I turned it on. I almost <laughs> sent you a picture, but I didn't want to immortalize it. 22 to 2. That is really bad basketball. Not good. You know, since we're on the topic, they should not play Giannis next game too. Cause y'all are getting lazy. 33 to 3? Like what what do you want? They play Detroit next. Ooh. So Detroit sucks. Yeah. We can probably beat them. Probably. Those guys are way too dependent on Giannis right now. You gotta like Batman. In the Dark Knight Rises. Okay. You gotta make the jump without the rope. Without the rope. Giannis is the rope. He always is. You gotta make that jump without the rope. We gotta beat somebody without Giannis. Okay. I mean, I like that analogy. We made a great video on that. Like that. Last year. We didn't look very much like climbing out of any hole. We look like we about to plummet. They look like they throwing dirt on us in a hole. (laughs) 22 to 2. That's about as bad as the Bucks can look. I don't get it because we're basically, I guess Portland was pretty bad last year. But you would think like Chris and Brooke are better than the guys that Dame had around him last year. You would think he would look better, but. Right, but he got to be more Dame, right? He got to do whatever he wanted as Portland, right? He was the. Shoot 30 times a game. Right. And when he didn't want to shoot, was it, you know, when he didn't want to. He got to make every decision. Everything revolved around him there. And obviously that's a big adjustment. Especially with someone like Giannis. You know, everyone's used to being the number one guy. I'm still not super worried about the Bucks' playoff chances. No, because like, there's intent. You know what I mean? We were both used to being the number one guy. Mm-hmm. But look at us. Perfect harmony. Cheers. Cheers. And we're back like the Packers beating Dallas in the playoffs. It's Thurston 10. Was that the most fun that you've had watching a sporting event? In probably since at least the Bucks championship run. Yeah. Yeah, maybe since then. Uh, I don't know. But it was a it was a lot of fun. It was disbelief for a while. At like 27, I'm just like, what in the fuck? is going on they should have been up 27 and nothing at halftime that's how good they were playing yeah dallas kind of eased their way back into one right before the halftime and i'm not gonna lie i was a little bit worried going into halftime because it was 27 to 7 you're thinking if dallas gets the ball they make an adjustment all of a sudden it's 14 27 two score game 25 minutes left plenty of time to come back and then I remembered 
Mike McCarthy is still the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so he doesn't make adjustments at halftime. They didn't make enough adjustments. They did score a 30-something. That, that was a little... A lot of that was in garbage time. It was, but it was at that point where you're like, they got rolling more than you'd like to see out of like a beat-ass team. I'm not going to be overly critical of anything that happened in the fourth quarter. Like, we had guys in, in on defense. I didn't even know we were on the team. <laughs> I was like, when did we get a white dude at safety? <laughs> the diversity hire. <laughs> but no, I like everything about that game was so much fun. If Jordan Love stepped on a blade of grass in that game, that blade of grass deserved to die. That's how perfect he was in that game. He lit it on fire. Everything about it was so incredible. The receivers were making catches, like difficult contested catches. Romeo Dabbs played the best game of his career. Wow. Jordan Love threw the ball 21 times. He was only pressured four times. Micah Parsons... Got nothing for him. He wasn't sacked once. The offensive line was playing great. Like I said, it should have been 27 nothing at halftime. The defense got a little bit lax. Joe Barry did what Joe Barry does. Right, and see, that's why I get it that it was garbage time. But I, I kind of like the Packers won. It was. It was pretty comfortable in the end. But at the same time, we can look and say, see, the defense still sucked in the end. I almost see that as a blessing, because even when we do good and we win, we can say, see, it's it's not entirely together. We will see what happens in this game coming up Yeah. when it comes with the 49ers. <laughs> we don't see something. But if the defense doesn't completely shit their pants, which they very well could, we're never above a good pants shitting. True. But if they don't completely shit their pants, Joe Barry's going to be back next year. I probably put in the groaning noise <laughs> there. I it just feels like it feels like to me when we do good, it's in spite of him, and it, it feels like it's just the talent of the players, especially now because everyone's back on the Goody train. I saw a meme today. Everyone got to apologize. It's a Goody, and it had the last two years of the picks, you know, and so the defense it like does okay. You know, but I think we could do better than okay or, like, just good in opportune moments. I think we could be better than that. Well, one of the defensive coordinators that everybody one week ago, ten days ago, would have traded Joe Barry for in a heartbeat was Dan Quinn of the Cowboys. Now, Dan Quinn got lit on fire. That defense looked terrible. Like I said, Jordan Love looked like an MVP quarterback last week. So, at a certain point, no matter how good your defensive coordinator is, no matter how good, how schematically talented they are, it's a bit like the Bucks versus Jimmy Butler in the playoffs last year. No matter how good Drew Holiday is, when Jimmy Butler gets going, Fuck you, Jimmy. There's really not a lot you can do. And it doesn't really matter how good your defensive coordinator is. When a great offense is feeling it and they're cooking... There's not a lot any defensive coordinator can do. So as far as I'm concerned, if Joe Barry keeps this game close, you know, I don't want him back next year, but I'm accepting of him being back next year. And I would be impressed. 
I will be impressed if they keep it close, especially in terms of like if it's forty-two to forty-five. Obviously, I'm not impressed with Joe Barry, you know, because that he didn't keep it close. At the same time, okay, I mean they could do very well against the 49ers. I'm still gonna say like we've talked about it before that they've done great against you know Mahomes and Herbert, and Dak last week, but it's still like okay. But then the Steelers and Tommy DeVito. And so I'm not going to be completely convinced, you know, even if we do it now against Brock Purdy and the entirety of the 49ers. So before we go on any further, we got to do a shot because 50% of us predicted the game right. 50% of us predicted the game wrong, which means everybody's a winner. Right. I encourage everybody to follow along and do a shot. I went for the reverse jinx. You know what I mean? If we both pick the Packers then, then it isn't going to work. <laughs> that one might be a little bit full. <laughs> Literally the most full shot, and then like 50%. So you're getting a half and half, because there's no way I can pass that one off to you. I'm very curious to see how you like that one. Fire and apple. Mine's just apple. Yeah, that was two sips. It was so full, and I'm not even the one who got it wrong. Well, that's uh, fire in the front, apple in the back. Is that the right way to do it? Is that the right order? I mean, that's how it how manifests. Would you, how would you rate it? That's how it manifests in my mouth. What was the other one I did? We did a honey orange. I think so, yeah. Honey orange was better. Honey orange was better than fire apple. You know what? Now that you're talking about orange. Oh, yeah. I love vanilla orange and vanilla lemon. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the creamsicle. Let's invent a shot. Something like uh, Jim Beam vanilla and then some sort of like lemon mixer or something. I bet you that could be like really good. Coming soon. Yeah, we should do it. Stay tuned. I'm excited to try it. We gotta find a cool name for it. So let's move on to talking about the 49ers and what do the Packers have to do to beat them. Do you have any keys to victory? They're a very complete team. The 49ers. I think that's one thing that, like, obviously, you've got to stop Christian McCaffrey. And it's going to be tricky because he's going to line up out wide as a wide receiver. He's going to get the ball out of the backfield on passes, handoffs, whatever. Take a linebacker, put him on him, spy him. You know what I mean? you got to do anything you can to at least make him uncomfortable. So I'm going to put watch Christian McCaffrey number one. It's not like you can stop him. But make them feel like they got to do something else. I'll I'll put it as my number one key. I'm going to go with the opposite side of the ball. I'm going to take two keys to victory. Number one, Christian Watson. The 49ers, they're a physical defense, but I think you can beat them with speed. If I'm Matt LaFleur, first play of the game. The conditions, not going to be great. A lot of rain scheduled for San Francisco. So first play of the game. It might be the only time all night that the ball is dry. I'm going to take a shot to Christian Watson. I'm going to do play action. You know they're going to be sold out to stop the run. I'm going to do play action. I'm taking a shot with Watson. I'm trying to get that early touchdown lead right on him first play. Now, after Christian Watson, like I said, I got two keys to victory. My second one, Luke Musgrave. The linebackers for the 49ers, they're physical, but they're not as good in coverage. If you can have a tight end that makes them cover the field, you can 
really frustrate the 49ers defense. Also, you want those linebackers thinking you don't want them coming downhill. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, those are two of the best, most physical linebackers. If they're keyed up to stop the run, Aaron Jones is really going to struggle. But if they're taking a step back, if they're unsure, if they got to hesitate for just a moment, we can get the running game going, and that's going to be so important. I think Luke Musgrave, I think he's the better of the two pass-catching tight ends. He's the one that you really got to get going. So give me Christian Watson to keep the safeties honest, and give me Luke Musgrave to keep the linebackers honest. And if they both work, Aaron Jones will have a good game. If they're not having their best games, I think it's going to be really difficult for Aaron Jones to have a successful week. The 49ers are probably most susceptible on the run, right? Against the run. and so this, you think- this season, statistically, they're 26 in EPA expected points against against the run, which is surprising. But if if we can get the run game established, that makes a huge difference. I mean, especially because they, uh, they have the one, Bosa, too, right? Like, you don't want them to be able to just pin their ears back and, and get after you either. They're just so good everywhere. They really are. Offensively, they got McCaffrey, Debo, Brandon Ayuk might have been a top-five receiver. And just when you think you got those three bottled up, they hit George Kittle over the middle wide open. The Kittle in the middle. <laughs> the Kittle in the middle. <laughs> That's an Aerosmith song, I think. I was thinking Tech Nine, but okay. <laughs> they should collab. <laughs> you know, they both would say yes. They're they're so good. I think when the 49ers have struggled in the past, it's been when Garoppolo was their quarterback. Brock Purdy out of nowhere is so good. Yeah, but I, like in a secondary key for me too would be like obviously, like especially like in the in that first drive, first couple drives, if you could you kind of frustrate him with Christian McCaffrey. Like, if you can heat up Brock Purdy, the Ravens are a really good defense. But he had four picks in that game. I remember two of them being really bad. You know, like quarterback's fault. And like I said, the Ravens are a great defense. But we have, you know, we got Gary, Preston Smith, Hercules. Like, he's a guy that I still feel like he hasn't seen everything. We love to do fight analogies on here. You know how they say, like, in boxing and in MMA, like, you got to take a guy into deep water. Like, I'm not sure Brock Purdy's really felt those deep waters. You know, that he's been, that he's feared for his life, you know, in a playoff game. That he doesn't know exactly what he's going to do. You know, we got to heat him up. But for the Niners, like, that starts with limiting, you know, their run game and the versatile things they can do. So you made a bunch of great points there, but you lost me at fight analogy. Because I have the dumbest fight analogy (laughs) that we've ever had on this show right here. You ready for it? Ready. Jordan Love last week reminded me of Muhammad Ali. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you remember how many times he had to lean back to throw just so sure. like Micah Parsons had his hands up and couldn't get to it? He looked like Muhammad Ali doing the rope-a-dope in the rumble in the jungle. Oh, the, yeah. That's what he looks like. He has that innate ability to just bend backwards and get out of harm's way in the same way that Muhammad Ali did. And it's incredible. Wow. Like, that's not a skill that you could teach. Like, if you had Wonder Woman's lasso of truth, (laughs) 
And then you went up to Matt LaFleur and was like, do you teach him to lean back every time he throws the football? He'd be like, absolutely not. We teach him to step up in the pocket, get away from danger, keep his eyes downfield. And Jordan Love's like, no, I'm going to wing it. I'm going to take way too long of a drop back, lean back, and then I'm going to hit Romeo Dobbs 30 yards down the field. It's awesome to watch. I've never seen it before. And like I said, it's very Muhammad Ali. Wow, that is not one that I have heard or, or considered, but I can see it. He'd be floating like the butterfly and stinging like the bee. Stinging like a hornet, mother Pop! Yeah, I'll never have to get a punch sound again. <laughs> um, so he did, can the defense stop the 49ers? It is what it looks like. It's a tough-ass challenge everywhere, like you said. The wide receivers, tight ends, running backs... And perhaps the MVP in Brock Purdy, right? Having Jair Alexander healthy is going to make such a huge difference in this game if he is healthy. Now, the jury's out as of this recording. If you can have him to just take away somebody, whether it's Ayuk or Debo, the thing about the Cowboys is it was always C.D. Lamb. Right. You always knew they were going to... It's weird like how similar those Cowboys teams are to like the Packers teams at the end. Where like or where uh, Rodgers would force the ball to Jordy, or then he would force the ball to Devontae. Like Dak, kind of does the same thing to Ceedee Lamb. Oh yeah. So you're not going to be able to do that. Brandon Ayuk, like I said, he's been incredible. Debo Samuel, they move him all over the field. It's going to be really tough. You really want Jair Alexander. Brian Gutekunst has been in the news a lot this week. Because people are saying he's great. He drafted Jordan Love, and I don't disagree with that. But the one mistake he did make this year, trading Rasul Douglas, he would be really nice to have this week. But we don't got him. It's going to be Carrington Valentine and Keyshawn Nixon. Also, Keyshawn Nixon played great against the Cowboys. Yeah, he did. I mean, starting even right away, you know. He's that physical presence in the, in the secondary right now. Like, he's the hit-him-in-the-mouth guy right now. I mean, he's always been, sometimes to our detriment, very aggressive. Before we do the prediction, I'm going to ask you this one question. Are you a Shanahan guy? What does that mean? Like, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm going to admit it. Coach. I'm going to admit it. I think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the league. Oh, give me why. Other, other than that, they win a lot and everything. They win a lot, and he's the only coach who's ever won without a quarterback. Like, he was winning with Garoppolo. Won what? He's winning the NFC. You know, like... He's... Why is he better than uh, Harbaugh in Baltimore? Won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Smoked your buddy Shanahan a few weeks ago. You know, I wasn't expecting Harbaugh. I was ready for Belichick. I was ready for Andy Reid. I was ready for Tomlin. I wasn't expecting Harbaugh. Has Harbaugh become the new de facto best coach in the league? Either way, it's it's either Harbaugh or I still Shanahan. Think, like he's better than Shanahan, to me. Longevity. Like I said, like I was ready for Belichick. Once Brady left the Patriots, Belichick's been fairly mediocre. I know that's probably harsh, and a lot of people don't agree with that. But the fact of the matter is that he hasn't been that good. I was ready for Andy Reid. I think if you give any coach Patrick Mahomes right now. They're going to win 10 to 11 games next year. I I wasn't ready for Harbaugh, though. I mean, Harbaugh's got Lamar. Like, who's a better quarterback? 
Lamar or Purdy? Lamar, right? Yeah. Like, I always paired the coach with the quarterback. True, but to me, Shanahan has the same thing Purdy has. Is he has Ayuk and Debo and McCaffrey and Kittle and, you know, whoever, uh, Bosa and... Everywhere is good. And that's why I'm like, I don't know, who couldn't coach the 49ers? Well, who could have coached them when they had Garoppolo? Because where is Garoppolo now? He was the Raiders, right? And he got benched immediately. For True, Aiden but the same thing there is like, you need to coach Garoppolo to not shit his pants. Like, you need, the quarterback needs to be okay. They just need to get out of the way. Don't f*** it up. Everyone is amazing on that team. Would Everyone's you? amazing. And so maybe, you know, you, you don't, Purdy and Shanahan... I'm not giving them enough credit. They have so many great people around them, especially Brock Purdy. You can kind of take your hands off the wheel a little bit. Everyone on that team is so good. Do you think Shanahan has the coaching advantage over LaFleur? I mean, LaFleur is a very good coach. And LaFleur, the reason I'm really mulling it is because mostly like this year. is like LaFleur surprised me a little bit, especially with how the Packers were able to pull it together. The fact that we're talking about the Packers playing right now. In the playoffs. LaFleur's record was amazing when he had Aaron Rodgers. When he had good pieces, he was really good. Just like Shanahan is. So now the fact that LaFleur has maybe a closer to average team and they're still pretty good. F*** it. I'll say LaFleur. Okay. Cool. Shanahan's only ever had a really good team. He's done really good with really good. But what does that mean? I like it. Let's do our predictions for the game. Give me the line first. You got all that? Give me the stuff. 49ers favored by nine and a half. Ooh. Over under is 50.5. All right. 50.5. We hitting the over? You're, you think they're hitting the over? 31-27 Packers win, baby. The magical ride continues, Jimmy. It seems like every team in the state has their boogeyman. The Brewers have the Cardinals. The Bucks have the Celtics. And the Pacers. The Badgers have Ohio State. The Packers have the 49ers. But it's a new era. And Rodgers is out. Love is in. We're breaking the curse. It's going to happen. 28-27 on an Anders Carlson made extra point. <laughs> We're doing it. Woo! We're doing shots. That's what we're doing. We're bro. doing a lot of shots next week. <laughs> <laughs> go, Pat, go! Go, Pat, go! Well, we're going to do some NFL playoff predictions. We're going all the way to the Super Bowl. I think I'm done predicting, man. We, we both picked the Packers, which, you know, you told me to use my heart and not my brain. And so I, I did. We're going to predict at least this week. Texans-Ravens, that's the first game on Saturday. Baltimore, also a 9.5 point favorite. Who do you got? 3.30 on ABC. I'm going to go the Ravens. I think there's a path there for Houston, uh, but I'm going to go with the Ravens. I'm going to agree. I really want to take Stroud. I really like C.J. Stroud. But they, they accomplished their goal for the year, and it's time for them to pack up and have a nice vacation. The Sunday games, Lions-Buccaneers. That's in Detroit. In Detroit, Detroit, six and a half point favorite. The game's on NBC, no Peacock. 
Uh, good, cause Peacock kind of weak. Hate to say, hate to say it. Give me Detroit. I mean, the Buccaneers looked really good against Philadelphia. I don't know what the hell happened there to Philadelphia. I'm still, I'm still going Detroit. Uh, give me Detroit because they scare me less than Tampa Bay. I saw what Baker did to us. Uh, Chiefs Bills, Buffalo two and a half point favorite. The game's in Buffalo. Yeah. It's in Buffalo. Somehow the Chiefs always seem to get these ones done, but I just don't think they're the same Chiefs as this year. I'm going to go Bills. I'm going to go Bills. I'll go Chiefs. Yeah. Like like you said, they always Finally, get it we done. split it up. Uh, Josh I want to do some shots. Man. Yeah, right? So this is the part of the show in which we would normally pivot to the Bucks, but I got no Bucks topics. So we would normally pivot to the Brewers after that, but other than Josh Hader signing with Houston, Houston, I don't really got anything else to say. Josh Hader returned home. We got him from Houston. Full circle. Other than that, got nothing to say. So let's talk the NFL. Just let's shoot the shit on the NFL, and we can go as long or as not long as we want. The Packers, obviously... It would be really weird if you're just tuning in at this point and you fast-forwarded right to this moment. But if you did that, the Packers kicked the shit out of the Cowboys. We texted Trenton last week, and we asked him if the Packers beat the Cowboys, will Mike McCarthy be fired? And he said, I think absolutely yes. Mike McCarthy, not fired. He's coming back next year for the Cowboys. How surprised were you? When Mike McCarthy wasn't fired. Very surprised. And at the same time, not surprised. Because I was very surprised in in the fact that they put out the stat that they were like the first team to win 12 games. Like I think it was three times in a row and, and never make it to like the conference championship. And so I'm like, I think anywhere else he's fired. But then I remembered that this was the team that had Jason Garrett for like 37 <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> Obviously, I know it wasn't 37 years. That's what it felt like, even as an outsider looking in. So I realized that Jerry Jones is known for a long leash. And so, okay, it makes sense. I mean, just thinking about how how like good they are in the regular season most years. You know, even though they'll have kind of glaring issues, <laughs> you would think. I really thought that he would be fired. I was not surprised. Can I give you my meter? This is a very complex complicated ranking system that I have of every coach and when you should fire them. So if you want to grab a pen and pad, a notebook or something, and you want to write this down, because I have a very complicated equation of when you should fire a coach. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. You should fire a coach when you have somebody better lined up. And that's it. That's all you got to do. Do you remember when Bo Pelini was the coach of Nebraska? Mm-hmm. And he would go 9-3 and three every year, and the Nebraska fans hated it, so they fired him. And now every coach they have goes like 4-8, and 5-7 and seven every year. That was really stupid to fire him right then and there. They never should have done that. Do you remember Dwayne Casey on the Raptors? Yeah. He was coach of the year. He was the reigning defending coach of the year. And they fired him. And they got Nick Nurse. And they won a championship. They had somebody better lined up. They won the championship because of Kawhi Leonard. 
you should fire a coach when you have somebody better lined up. You should hire Kawhi Leonard. Why does Nick Nurse get fired? And why why haven't the Clippers won it every year then? The coach isn't necessarily like you're judging him only by the product. Like there's coaches that have won that aren't better than coaches that haven't. Well, sure, yeah, not the same coach wins every single year. But you know that you have somebody better lined up. David Ross got fired for Craig Council. The Cubs knew that they had somebody better lined up. Okay, that one that one's unfair, man. I can't talk about that one unbiased. Like I said, if you have somebody better, that's who you should go with. I can't agree with that because it's like it's like if you know that this person isn't the person you shouldn't just stick it out with because at some point interview people make an intelligent choice and be confident that you're making a good choice. Like if you keep getting to the same place every year, you know, what is the sign say? It always says like insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. I think at some point you're like, okay, even if 12 wins is really good, but if that's what's going to happen every time, you got to shake it up. You need to have somebody better. You need to have that next better option lined up if you're going to fire your coach. Now, you could have the second best coach in the league, and if you think you can get the best coach in the league, you should fire that coach. If you think you have a bad coach, sure, you can fire him. But I don't think Mike McCarthy is a bad coach. I don't think he's bad, but I don't think that's the only fireable offense. I think stagnation and not... Being good enough is fireable. Let's do a funsy. All right. All right. I got the four most common liqueurs. Liquors. Ooh. You can only mix one thing with them for the rest of your life. Okay. Now you can double up. So give me vodka. What are you mixing with vodka? For the rest of your life. Okay, so that's a liquor. That's not a liqueur. I think I said liquor. I can only do one thing. Uh, give me cranberry juice. Cranberry juice. Specifically the, the Christmas one, right? Ocean spray. Ooh, ocean yeah, spray. No, juice, okay. baby. I want okay. juice. Okay. Antioxidants. And it's delicious. Tequila. And you can't say like margarita mix? You could, yeah, but you gotta give me a flavor. One thing, uh, give me grapefruit Haritos. Ooh. Grapefruit Haritos soda. Big fan of Haritos. Whiskey. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> I want to say ice, <laughs> but that, that depends on how good the whiskey is. So I'm going to go ice. Ice, okay. Okay. Rum. Ooh. Captain Morgan. Oh. Oh, then, then Coke. Then Coke. Yeah. So I believe I started with vodka. Yep. Give me Red Bull. Oh, yeah, okay. You always are going to want a vodka Red Bull at some point late in the night. Give me a vodka Red Bull. Tequila? Yep. Give me orange juice. Wow. Okay. Whiskey? Give me Coca-Cola. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rum? Captain Morgan, I believe I said. Yeah. Give me Dr. Pepper. Whoa, what a good pick. It really is great. If you haven't tried it. Try it. Try it. The Thurston 10 special. All right, this has been a great episode of Thurston 10.
Follow us on X at Thurston1069. Like and subscribe on YouTube, iHeart, Apple, Amazon, Google, anywhere else you can think of. That's Marcus. I'm Jimmy. It's been real. Thanks for listening. Peace. Cheers.